Leave me, I don't want to set the world on fire. I just want to start a flame in your heart. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. So today we have um, some interesting things to cover together. I uh, I had done a show on Antarctica a very, very long time ago and about Greenland. And I think we're going to be revisiting that today, just kind of reminding ourselves of a few political things that have happened on that scale. Because uh, it's really, really important that we kind of get a jolt reminder uh, of this. Uh, we need a reminder of what uh, is to come um, soon. Uh, so what do we start with today? I think we should start with um, a little bit of what? Uh, in New York, we have um, de Blasio deciding that he's going to lock down certain neighborhoods and allow others to uh, not be locked down. Uh, we should start with that because that's really interesting. That's my hometown. So it's a little bit startling how he forgets that there's uh, something called, I don't know, freedom, uh, First Amendment. <laughs> Wilhelm's a little bit off his rocker with his statements. And I just can't believe this isn't getting more press than it should. But of course, Tucker delivers. Well, on Sunday, as we said earlier, the mayor of New York, the mayor of New York, Bill de Blasio, said he's shutting down schools and non-essential businesses, whatever that is, a man who's never worked in a business in his life, in several zip codes in the city, including in Brooklyn and Queens. What did these zip codes do wrong? Well, more than 3% of coronavirus tests came back positive for a week. No word on how many people died. That's not even part of it. They just had positive tests. What's interesting is it just the other day, practically, Bill de Blasio said he wasn't against mass gatherings as long as he agreed with the politics people were expressing. Watch. Things here in the city can mean not just thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. It's just not time for that now. What about protests? If people want to march down Fifth Avenue, are they going to be allowed to do so? Look, Wolf, this is always an area of real sensitivity. We understand at this moment in history, people are talking about the need for historic changes. This is a historic moment of change. We have to respect that. Oh, so when you go to church, you try to have a Jewish wedding in Brooklyn, you're a threat to public health. But if you're looting Macy's, it's a historic moment for change. As soon as you say something like that out loud, the rest of us no longer have to listen to anything you say. Thank you. Because you're a fraud. You're a liar, you're totally irrational, and you no longer have legitimacy to lead, period. Today, the governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, decided to approve the closure of many non-essential businesses. That's not because he's opposed to lockdowns. He thinks the real problem is religious services. Watch. If the religious leaders do not agree to abide by these rules, uh, then we will close the religious institutions. Period. Really? Because in the country we lived in in January, we had a First Amendment that said government will not get in the way of your exercise of your religion 
people would have laughed at that. We will close the religious institutions, period. Well, who do you think you are, God? You're not. You're some stupid governor of a declining state. Many of the services being shut down by the way in Orthodox Jewish communities. They haven't been playing along to their great credit. Putting aside whether any of that is legal, what's the science behind it? The purported science behind it? Protests fine, religious services not. It's the Gutfeld rule. If you want to make anything. I want us to listen to Gutfeld take on President Trump's, uh, you know, COVID-19 diagnosis. And then we're going to move on. OK, we're going to watch some comedy with a lot of commentary. CNN talking about the president and how <laughs> we, we have to because we have to enjoy this. See, we have to find enjoyment uh, in the comedy that is coming because quickly it's going to become very scary. And I want the world that is listening to know that it's okay because it can't be scary if you know the end of the story and if you know how the story plays out. It's kind of like watching a horror film, right? If you already know the stupid chick that's going to pick up the phone, she's going to turn left and she's going to get killed. She's obviously not going to turn left. Maybe not pick up the phone and say, who is this? She's just going to run to the right. So we already know it's going to look scary. It's not going to be scary because we already know. So I'm reiterating this. It's 28 days. This is the stretch. This is where anything for them is game. This is their last well, not really the last frontier. We'll get to that later in the show. Thing worse, just add the media. They're like anchovy paste. The one thing we now know for certain is that politics is superseding medicine here. When I watched, I'm watching that car, the parade yesterday with him in the car, that was right out of a dictator's playbook. It's a karmic twist. Because Trump has deployed the politics of sickness in this campaign. The president seemed to be flirting uh, with the coronavirus by not wearing a mask and going to big rallies. I would never want to say that the president is experiencing steroid-induced psychosis, but um, it is certainly concerning to see some of his actions today. His response has been homicidal negligence. He has failed to protect the American people. Is it worse than Watergate? <laughs> so a president gets sick. And they say, I told you so. CNN corners the wet market on that. They hardly said much early on, too busy gorging on impeachment. And now they armchair quarterback as if wisdom is knowing what happened after it happened. Oh, and that steroid induced psychosis. So now you're admitting that he never had psychosis to begin with. How nice of you. Fact is, everyone was wrong on the virus at one time or another. Even the experts, especially the experts, the measure of a leader is listening to advice and then doing what's right. Trump actually sent a boat to NYC and they left it empty. He sent tons of ventilators to NYC. He sent money to everyone and shut down an economy. He stopped travel even when Dems called him racist. He stayed calm when others wouldn't. But he also knew that as a leader, he must endure risk to expect risk from others. You go to work, so must he. Why do you think the five came back to Studio F? If we said go back to work, we should too. So don't indulge those looking for scores to settle. Instead, while the media mines for misery, encourage compassion. So what happens when a fearless, bombastic personality has a health scare? Will he change? Of course, Trump might be Trump forever. But the scariest thing for never Trumpers is a healthy Trump in a country that prefers it. Still, a health shock can change people for good. Look at me. I went through childbirth at an early age, and I haven't been the same since. 
Dana, so they sound the alarm. The media sounds the alarm that it's way worse than you think, right, on Friday. And now he's not at death's door, so he must be a murderer. <laughs> he's out and about. He's a murderer. I think that there's no doubt the White House did not have a good uh, initial communications rollout on this on Saturday. And I think that the press office did as best as they could. But if they're going to be cut out of the loop, then you can't expect them to do a good job. And I think that that was a real disservice to uh, Kayleigh McEnany and her team. And she deserves better. And I hope that they demand better from the White House chief of staff. That was no bueno. No bueno. No bueno. No However, no not cultural getting, appropriation here, Dana. <laughs> not getting complete information or information in the right way that you want it does not mean that you can then speculate yes. about the president's health. It doesn't work that way. It's not like it's like saying, oh, um, I know that the president's doctor is saying this, but my aunt posted something on Facebook that she saw on WMD. And that must be something that we should really take seriously uh, going forward. So. Uh, yeah, there was a. I, I can I, watching that montage. I can see why some people watch Fox all day long. I know because we are real. Whereas I, 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 Jesse, I imagine like at CNN they have those morning board meetings and they have a machine that that gauges what is the most bizarre, deranged theory. And then when that goes in the red zone, they go put that in the lineup. <laughs> Psychosis. There were a lot of scandals and conspiracies over the weekend, Greg. I had uh, body doubles, we were told. Mm. He said staged photo ops. Russian intelligence officers were in Walter Reed operating on the president. Oh, we, yeah. We, we heard about um, the Secret Service gate. After the media watched video of COVID crowds screaming in the faces of law enforcement officers all summer. Right. All of a now sudden, they, care. they cared about law enforcement driving in a car with all the PPE and the masks. The guys probably had already gotten COVID or they volunteered, which were the reports. I don't know, Greg. I think now the president is invincible just by the way the media has set expectations so low. This thing was supposed to be a death sentence, and he's walking out of Walter Reed three days later, better than ever. I just don't think they played this right. Mm, what do you think, Juan? He's walking out of Walter Reed better than ever. He's, I'm glad he you're not my and doctor. He's been released look, yeah, I don't think he looks. I look. I just wish the well. I wish the best one. But I gotta say, everybody, including his own doctor, says we got to keep an eye on him. He's Absolutely. going back to the White House where they've got tremendous medical. It's not like you or me going well, home. I'm just saying, if you so look at the saying, coverage, they look like no, crypt keepers no, over I'm the just, weekend. Rob. I don't think so. I think that you've got a situation. And Greg, this speaks to your monologue. I think this is an example of what about, well, somebody else made a mistake once. And so he made a mistake and he's trying to be optimistic. The reality is he downplayed this virus all along by his own admission. That's not me speaking. That's him on tape to Woodward. See, so I'm going to downplay this, right? Okay. He then downplays it. He doesn't follow the science rules. He ignores, says science, uh, this scientist says that. So much for uh, Dr. Fauci, so much for Dr. Burke. advice of every expert. No, he did not. Yes, he obviously did, did not. Oh, he and obviously he did mocks, not. How do you know? He mocks Joe Biden. He says, oh, what? look at that big man. Trump him mocks a candidate? Oh, my God. He mocks, he mocks this guy. And again, the example to the American people is the mask is political. It's not a matter of science. It's not your best protection. If you're a Trump supporter, don't wear a mask. That's just absurd. I don't think. But the thing about it is he didn't protect us, the American people. He didn't protect his staff. You need. You should have heard. You should have heard my phone. Secret Service people over the weekend. Bizarre. Gone off that he is putting them at risk. So that he can have a secret TV service moment. You. Oh, yeah. Let me just tell you something. They were calling you. Not only that, when you stop and think about it, just in terms of the absolute numbers. You know, 4% of the world population here in America, 25% of the coronavirus cases here. That's failure. 
That's an absolute failure. So he, Dude, you can you say, oh, he's out of the about. hospital. You haven't done the math. But they gotta, you got to hold on and say, wait a second. I hope this is not just about appearances and spin. I hope that he's okay. Negan, you don't sound like you hope he's okay. Well, I do. <laughs> I see he's dancing he on the grave. two minutes no, just ripping But I mean, it's guy. like what John Bolton said. John Bolton said everything is about his re-election. You know it's what the media said us. for years? He's a dictator. Yeah. He just wants a power grab. And you know what he did? Not act like a dictator. He gave the power to the governors and local authorities to make decisions about the different regions of this country because he understands that we're a nation of great liberties and freedoms. And a well, we don't need her to tell her that. We knew it. I wrote it. I told you that's the best way you make the people see. It's not about dictatorship. It's about giving power back to the people so they can understand, hey, you had the power and you elected this governor. Now eat it. Sleep in it. Oh, you don't like it? Then don't vote for someone like that again. That was the whole point of that. We already know that. So I wanted you guys to watch this, okay, just for some... Uh, <laughs> some giggles but but before we get into the torture um i wanted to um show the clip that was created into an ad by the president with him coming back home now he was obviously out of breath i mean my fat behind would be out of breath running across the grass and going up the stairs let alone if you just supposedly had the flu. Uh, well, I, I mean, COVID. So it was uh, great to see him. But what it reminded me of was the, he had that emotion and the poise that Eisenhower had when he disappeared um, from the eyes of the media and the nation for a good chunk of the day for a dentist appointment. So I call this the dentist appointment presser or ad. So I really like that. That, that got me really riled up and I was like, yes. But, you know, I saw that the media was really, really upset that the president was better. I know they all wanted him to exit Walter Reed in one way and that's a casket for sure. But it was really upsetting to see their response rather than say, hey, you know, he's sick. He's going to be monitoring it. Kind of like if you get the flu, you're sick. You're not going to sit. Obviously, he's the president. So, of course, he'll be in the hospital. I don't care if it's a flu, a broken toe. I want him to have the best care ever. And I'm totally for him being in the hospital and working from there. If anything like this happened, let's get it straight. But this is Teflon Don. All right. Teflon Don, and they are so angry. I mean, this is the best meme I've seen. I watched it like maybe 50 times in a go, and all I could do was laugh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm probably going to play it again today because I really, really like that one. Uh, so, uh, I wanted to say there's a lot of, um, discussion from other people. Now everyone's attacking Kellyanne Conway because apparently her daughter put out TikToks talking about things and everyone was upset. And I'm like, man, they obviously don't have teenage kids in this day and age. This is almost 
depiction of me and my daughter uh, fighting when she does TikToks about stupid things like uh, questions about stupid things, not even politics. When we get into politics, now that's hilarious. But listen to this. And they all were trashing her for this because her daughter, who's 15, says whatever she wants. Don't forget who her daddy is, you know, and they're holding it against Kellyanne Conway. And it's like, obviously, these people are childless with teens in this era, because in this era, the teens are completely different. Take a listen to this TikTok. Totally reminds me of me and my daughter. Mother about COVID. What? You've caused so much disruption. Disruption? You lied about your fucking mother about COVID? No, mom. About COVID? It's how I miss. It's how I interpreted, interpreted it. Interpreted it. You're taping me again. Oh my gosh! Do you know how many what? times I've you done caused that? So much disruption. Disruption? You lied about your fucking mother about COVID? No, mom. About COVID? It's how I miss. It's how I interpreted, interpreted it. it. You're taping me again. So that's something that me and my daughter fought. Um, that's me and my daughter all the time. So, you know, kids like that in this age, teens with their TikToks and their Instagrams and whatnot, happens all the time, you guys. All the time. It is so annoying. Um, I wanted to point out, oh, um, where is it? So North Dakota has woken up. They're writing in their governor. And I am so proud of them that they're going to write in a governor because they're tired of Governor Burgum, Mr. Gates of Hell, uh, you know, contact tracing. Let's use drones to take people's temperature. And if they cough, the FEMA camps, the actual executive order that says that they can come collect you and put you in a FEMA camp for forced quarantine. That is. That says it all. So congratulations to North Dakotans that are going to be writing in a governor. Show them that you have power. This is what every state should be doing. You're upset with your governor. They did you wrong. You don't have to put up with it. You don't have to do ticket. You can write it in. Um, and, and I'm really excited for that. Now, this is my favorite meme ever. And for those of you listening on podcast, it's the president of the United States where he was talking, you know, with the suit, uh, no tie, but it has like, <laughs> it has captions of, <laughs> of what he's saying. Here's, <laughs> you know, like closed captions. So it's, I'm sorry, I'm laughing, just thinking if he ever said something like this, oh my gosh the mainstream media would go crazy. So this is like my favorite because I imagined him saying it. So it says that he was saying, which he was not, on um, closed caption, the doctor said they've never seen a body kill the coronavirus like my body. They tested my DNA and it wasn't DNA. It was USA. Now, if he said, dude, super, like I'm telling you, I would love for him to do that. That would be the most ultimate troll. And not only that, the funniest one would, if he came out and he's like, yeah, doctor called me Teflon Don, you know, I want him to troll them. You know, I am, you know, or doctor said I'm built like a juggernaut fueled by Big Macs and diet Coke, make them go insane, which they have. I mean, Cuomo has lost his mind uh, here's a short clip of him 
this is crazy. We must listen to it. And uh, for those of you that are watching, I swear to gosh, I, I see like he has like extra teeth. I don't know if they put extra teeth for his veneers to widen his smile. That's something that's my insecurity because my teeth are small and I always wanted to widen my sm smile. <laughs> And I was like, maybe I'll do that smile direct thing or something. But he looks like he has extra teeth and that he got lip injections and that he's wearing lipstick. So I want you to listen to him. And, you know, Cooper, you remember Cooper, right? With the latex and the buttocks out and his boyfriend on a leash. Yeah, that guy. They're sitting here talking uh, smack about the president. And here's um, the tweet. There he is, his hair blown majestically. I hold rallies and I tell you to ignore masks and I rip mine off as I vanquish the virus because I'm a leader. Fear not, COVID. Ha. Huh. What a bunch of BS, says Cuomo. You need to listen to him. He sounds so upset. So upset. Take a listen. Majestically. I am Chris Cuomo. Welcome to prime time. But more accurately, just welcome to the land of confusion. Is there anything more to say? Really, do any of you not get what's happening? I know you go to your respective partisan corners, especially at this time of night, for sucker, S-U-C-C-O-R, not S-U-C-K-E-R. I don't judge. Tell me why I'm right to hate him. Tell me why I'm right to love him. Does anybody really need to tell you anything? There he is, hair blown majestically, reshooting the scene for his own ad. I hold rallies and I tell you to ignore masks and I rip mine off as I vanquish the virus because I am a leader. Fear not, COVID. What a bunch of bullshit. Going back to the White House, if you want to know the reality, the truth, okay, the virus is the truth. The virus doesn't care about left and right. The virus does what's reasonable. You give me a chance, I'll spread you keep away from me. You don't give me a chance. I run out of hosts. I die. I'm the truth. If you're doing the right thing, you don't see me that much. If you're doing the wrong thing, you do. The White House is literally what we fear the most. A rash. Of contagion called a cluster. You want a metaphor. You've got a president who was a drunk driver who is pushing others to drive drunk. That's what he is. Do I want to see a drunk driver get hurt? Hell no. But I worry more about the people he hits. And I love seeing him do that victory lap in that limo. Thank God. You know why? I knew that meant he has to be okay. Not the people who were in there with him, PPE up to their nose. Now they got a quarantine. He doesn't give a damn. And now I don't have to feign any extra measure of compassion. Because he went out there, whatever happens now is on him. The White House is a cluster. He returned to a cluster and took his mask off. That is COVIDiacy. He's a COVIDiot. <gasps> You're disrespecting the president. No, he disrespected the presidency. All that's left is the residue of outrage because that's the only emotion I have. He does and tells you to do everything the experts say not to, even after getting the virus. See, that's the truth. There is no change. He didn't beat the virus. He's not better than anybody who didn't beat the virus or who takes time. He's not stronger than I am. 
He got every <laughs> advantage. He has use of all that. the things he denies. Sorry. <laughs> He's like, he's not stronger than I am. You remember when Cuomo was <laughs> I'm so sorry. That caught me totally off guard. He's not stronger than I am. Oh, my gosh. The rest of us. He's supposed to get tested every day with a test that you can turn around quickly and know what's going on. Did he do them? Did he even use what's at his disposal that the rest of us are desperate for, that our kids need in our classes that he doesn't even discuss? No is the answer. Why? Show us the results. His doctor, I don't want to go backwards. Get out of the way. Show us the results. Show us that he tested negative on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. Because I'll tell you something, I'm no doctor. We're about to have Tony Fauci on in the next block. He is. <laughs> you think you get sick the next day after being exposed to somebody? He would have to be so immune compromised that he'd never get out of the hospital. God forbid. So he was sick before. When? Why would they tell us? Why would they tell us? It's a mendacity machine. Kelly, I'll never lie, McEnany. That's probably the way to let someone know you're going to lie to him the best. I tell you, I love you, honestly. Anybody says, anybody ties, somebody says honestly to you, you know they had an inclination to not be honest. But you saw him tonight, highly contagious. He has to be. It is the science of it. I know he was in the hospital. I know he had 24-hour care. I know they gave him two experimental treatments, but it was no big deal. What if that young woman's husband had access to what he had access to? What about if everybody's husband and wife and kid and son and daughter and aunt and uncle and grandparents had access to that kind of care or just tests? To Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Point. He's trying to say the president thinks he's special to get experimental drugs. Wait a minute. He's the president of the United States. It's about national security. He gets top notch. That's number one. Number two, uh, tell us Cuomo, doesn't every American deserve to have the same health care? You do the same lip injections. Actually, I do not want his lip injections. I have my own lips. Thank you very much. But whoever did his lips really screw that up. So I'm just saying, but don't they get to have the same stuff as you? This is disgusting. And when we watch the CNN clip now, the full clip, you're going to understand what is driving them so insane. To let them know what was going on and give them a chance to fight. How different would our situation be? The virus is the truth. And this president is a walking lie. Or as my brilliant writer says, liability. L-I-E dash ability. Good one. You have to explain the joke. It's why not is he funny. saluting? Okay, so why is he saluting? He's thanking them for their service, clown. That's what real commanding officers do. Now, let's go to the CNN clip. Please bear with me. We will have commentary. This is pure comedy, but it also shows you what their problem is, why they are so pissed, because they failed. Their operation, they, they failed. Keep that in mind while you watch. Hold on. Helicopter, everyone, you saw it land, but the cameras were on the other side. This is him getting off. 
as he walks up those stairs. So, Sanjay, keep going. This is where he has the mask on, right, as he goes to the, passes the press, doesn't take questions, and is going to head up those stairs. Right. So he heads up the stairs, and then when he gets to the top of the stairs is when he takes his mask off. And, you know, if he's going to go inside the residence, I mean, maybe that's where he's going to isolate. I, I, I don't know. But at that point, Caitlin was raising this issue. At that point, if anybody comes in contact with him, they need to be in personal protective equipment. I mean, if he was in the hospital still, whenever the doctors went, went to go see him, they'd be in personal protective equipment. So, you know, you, you, you get Okay, so they're talking like they actually know what was going on in the hospital. So they're just, you know, saying things as if they know for a fact. So whatever they're telling you is a matter of fact, of course. A very different picture here by seeing the president like this. Doctors look at this and they say, well, what's going on inside of him? What's what's the illness all about? And we know he has an infection with this coronavirus. We know that infection, that, that coronavirus can be very contagious, which is why people, you know, take great pains to protect themselves uh, in the hospital. But this is obviously it's sending come. Here a, we go. A, a very different take it off. and incorrect message. And you see him here. Um, he takes it off and he's getting ready for his pictures. The flags flank him. Right, Caitlin, this is what he did. This is the Are moment. They this upset? is what he produced it for. He wants the Are image they upset? to be. Wait a minute. Are they upset that he went far, far away from everyone and that he's taking pictures to show the world that he's back in the White House and he beat it? Are they upset? Is that how much they hate America? I'm strong. This virus is nothing. His tweet today, feeling better than I did 20 years ago. Don't be afraid of COVID. Don't let it dominate your life. There he is. This is the image he wants. Yeah, and let us remind viewers now that the president is on steroids and a drug that fewer than 10 people outside of clinical trials have gotten inside the United States to deal with coronavirus. He had a level of treatment and a level of care that most Americans would not get. That's understandable. He is the president of the United States. Finally, Obviously, everyone expects that. But what the president is portraying by taking his mask off when he gets back to the Truman balcony to give this this grand return to the White House is that everything is fine. And as he said, don't let coronavirus control your life. But that is very much still a president who has coronavirus. Despite the lights and the flags and the staged entrance that the president wants to create, he still has coronavirus and he is only a few days into the diagnosis. And Aaron, today his doctor didn't reveal a lot of information as he hasn't for the past two days, but he did yeah. still say that he won't breathe a sigh of relief until Monday. That's a full week from today and a full week from today Sanjay during which he's going to be in the White House okay and there are going to be people around him who are right he's going to he's going to eat he's going to that's the way the whole thing is he wants this image and then by the way when you said where where is he going from here he's this is obviously still what happened a couple moments ago he then goes back into the residence Sanjay and I couldn't mm -hmm. see exactly where he went but he has no mask right he's breathing walking around leaves or doesn't leave and there's a whole bunch of people standing there in the space that he just left. I, this is, this is, I mean, you oh know, my gosh, I, I, the coronavirus is just going to, it's just going to hang out there and everyone's going to die. So when you wear your mask, you have to wear it all the time in your car, in the bathroom, while you sleep in your house, when you walk through every, everywhere, his message was perfect. People are terrified of going outside. There are people that are actually terrified and they're like, oh, God, I could die. Stop.
it's flu season. So what are we going to do? You know, walk out in hazmat suits. This is all about, and I've said this, and now people are catching on finally. It was all about depersonaing you. No personalization, dehumanizing you, considering every other human being as a threat. Now they sound really upset. They sound very upset that the president took his mask off. He's just a super spreader now. They're all talking about the Rose Garden. They're all saying it's there. We all know that it didn't come from there. And, you know, I'm glad that they said he is the president. He should have top-notch therapies. Um, You know, I would like, you know, the doctor to say hydroxychloroquine did it to say, hey, weren't you guys advocating to not let people have this because they're all going to die and stuff? That's what I wanted, but I, I, I want that to come out. I really want that to come out so it can be a slap in the face of all of them. If the president took it, then that's great. Maybe the experimental is a, a serum of hydroxychloroquine with zinc or something. I'm really hoping that's the something. I'm really hoping that, that that could be the real smack in the face. You guys were saying that it doesn't work. You paid for research and tainted tainted the Bible of medicine with fake research so that you can kill people. I really want him to flip that table on them and give it to them. But let's see what else they have to say. Now, you know, he is, he is likely expelling virus into the air outside. You could argue a lot better than inside, although there were some people close to him even outside. But now inside, and I, you know, it's hard for me to tell from these images, but there, it looks like there's several people around him. I, I, I just, I just don't get it. I, I, you know, this is this breaks every protocol, and there's no, there's no sort of equivocation here. People know that he has the virus. They know that he could be spreading the virus to other people. I mean, that that's a huge concern. And Caitlin raised the point about the medications again. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about it is, you say, well, he looks really good. Well, and, and everyone should be glad that he looks good. But you know. People do worry with these types of medications, especially the steroids, that it's a false sense of security. It makes it gives people this sort of burst of energy. It makes them feel uh, better, but it may be just masking the problem for a right. period of time. The virus is still there. The virus may even replicate more easily because the steroids sort of suppress the immune system. Right. So this is a this is a you know significant concern. Again, the doctors at Walter Reed they know this. I'm not telling them that anything they don't know. Every right. doctor knows this, but but why this has transpired the way that it has is 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 reckless at this point, uh, Aaron. And 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 again, to your point, right? It could ma- it masks the underlying symptoms. It doesn't treat the actual virus. And as you point out in the study that that that, that was out in the New England Journal of Medicine, right? It has not been proven any benefit, and perhaps the risk of negative impacts on someone who is not um, on oxygen, right, or, or intubated. So there is a risk, right, that the, what he perceives from this is not the reality that, that, that it may be. Um, let me bring in here uh, Dr. Jonathan mm-hmm. Reiner, add him to our conversation, director of the cardiac cath lab at uh, George Washington University Hospital. And of course, in the context of what we're looking at this very moment, Dr. Reiner, you advise the White House medical team under President George W. Bush, talking to the public about Dick Cheney uh, and his heart issues um, as, as, as we went through that. Uh, also with me, uh, Dr. Jeremy Faust, emergency physician at Brigham and Women's Hospital. He has been treating and is treating now coronavirus patients and Abby Phillip, our political correspondent. So let me start with you, Dr. Reiner. 
what what we're seeing here really looks like. Wait, let's just stop one second. So I just I was just thinking, how does Zucker like collect these panels of doctors? Does he say, yeah, isn't it just terrible? What President Trump is doing. He's like a super spreader and leaving clouds of virus hanging out, which can't survive, by the way, out on its open. It's shelf life is super tiny and it can't just hang out in the air unless he coughs and it sits on a surface and somebody touches it. I mean, that's how colds and flus are, you know, transmitted. But they get all these experts just to dog on the president and now they're bringing in heart conditions too, you know? So now there's another one. And yesterday I was actually, you know, trolls came onto my feed, which is interesting. Uh, because none of them follow any people I follow. They don't follow me. So they just jumped onto the feed like, oh, this was a fake. And I'm like, wait, so are you saying that coronavirus is fake? Or, you know, did he just make it up? So does that mean Stephanopoulos, who had COVID and was walking around with no mask, or Cuomo and all these other people that supposedly had coronavirus walking out with no masks, hanging out, taking walks, not quarantining, uh, so are you saying that's OK, but the the president, uh, he's putting Secret Service at risk. That's their job. They taste his food and his water. That is their job. And I want to know, did Juanita actually get phone calls from Secret Service? Because if they did, you know, they're fired. And if anybody called them from Secret Service, they get fired. And if they're lying about Secret Service calling, you know, it would be great. Let's audit those records and say, hey, we didn't find any Secret Service agent that called you. Um, you're lying, you know, let's just, you know, put something out just to show what liars they are. Like, it's like something out of North Korea. The dear leader comes out right with the, with, with the, the, the magnificent helicopter entrance and, and up the stairs. And you mean the, like the one Obama did with Xi Jinping, the one that he, uh, Obama did with all these, uh, you know, terrorists. Right. Are you talking about that, too? Did you have a problem when they were waving from the balcony with the with the Chinese president? Hey, you know, no, no. It's just President Trump upsets you because he looked presidential. He looks like a leader. And ergo, he's a juggernaut. He's the boss. And, and off goes the mask as he pauses, you know, and preens for the for the shots. Yeah, I was half expecting him to, to uh, hold up a Bible at the end of that shot. Um, it's unexpected. Oh, wow. Look at the hate. How could he, like, wave and take his mask? Oh, he should have. I was waiting for a Bible. Disgusting. Evil. Listen to them. Listen. Explainable that the president of the United States, who's actively shedding virus in, in millions of particles, would walk into that building, which with the enormous number of staff unmasked, shedding virus in the air in that building. It's, it's really hard, hard to understand how no one told him not to do that. And I think this is the problem that I've seen over the last several days. There doesn't seem to be anyone in charge of his care other than the president of the United States, other than the patient. I'm wondering how much of his therapy was dictated by the patient how much of his hospitalization, the need for hospitalization, mm. and, the, and the time of discharge was dictated by the patient. No one's in charge there but him. And, 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 and I want to just, I'll add to that, because I think it's a, just a, a fair objective point to make. No one needed to tell him to keep his mask on. <laughs> he has coronavirus. Right. He's shedding it, right? He, this is, it's absurd to think the excuse would right. be, oh, I didn't know. I mean, 
that that's false. Dr. Faust, when you, I, I want to show, we have another angle here because when he went up, um, there and, and took his mask off. Obviously, all cameras were on. So I want to show a, another angle that we have of how close he was to the White House photographer. We'll show it in just a moment. When he gets up to the top of the stairs and he takes off his mask and he's sitting there for the cameras, um, a, a White House photographer rushes up the other side of the stairs to get a close shot from another angle. So, uh, Dr. Fassel, when, when we get to that point, because it's a moment away, I'm going to give you a chance to react to it. But when you hear... I'm feeling better uh, than I did 20 years ago. Don't be afraid of COVID. I feel so fantastic uh, with the guy on dexamethasone. What do you hear? Well, I hear a contradiction to what he said last night, which is he said that he finally, after 200,000 deaths or more, that he gets it. But what strikes me today is that he goes home either contagious today or contagious during the debate with Vice President Biden. It's difficult to construct a timeline in which he's contagious at neither of those, at, at not one or the other. So he's, he's probably putting the, uh, he, we know he's putting people at tremendous risk from the viewpoint of coronavirus, which doesn't have any sentience, but think about it. Started halfway around the world and today got a ride in the Marine One from via its host, the president of the United States. It's unbelievably weak, but the coronavirus has really proven resilience. And the president is now going to spread it possibly to other people, including people in these images that we're seeing. The message that he, that he said, don't worry about it. Don't let it control your life. This is a tremendous problem. When he was, when he first was infected, we had two bad outcomes. Either he had a bad outcome and yet another life was lost, or people looked at him and said, oh, look, it's okay. This thing isn't so bad after all. There are no wins here. We are living a nightmare and coronavirus is now in the White House. And, and Sanjay, um, you know, as he's, you know, you can even see here, right? Just he's, he's adjusting his suit, right? To get every picture. There's the shadow. I think, there you go. Okay. So Sanjay, take a look at this. Um, that's the close-up so, so shot. This, yeah. this. Oh my gosh. So then they have to admit that masks don't work, right? Because the photographer was wearing a mask. And look at them. It's like that statement, oh, look at that bitch eating her cookies in the corner. Or, oh, she has the nicest handbag. Ooh. You know, we all have that, right? I do that a lot when I see handbags I like um, that I don't have. <laughs> or shoes. <laughs> but it's like, come on. Like they're just nitpicking. This is them commenting as it happened to just be bitchy and find anything bad. How is this even news? Oh, why didn't he whip out a Bible? Speaking of Bible, uh, we'll talk about that later. Um, it's, uh, it's pretty incredible. The hate that we see that they have. And if it's directed at the president, it's directed at you. How dare you? Oh, I'm concerned because he's going to be super spreading it to Joe Biden. Joe Biden doesn't need help. He's got like one and a half feet in the grave already. He can't tie a shoe. You know what would be an early Christmas present, I think, for all of us is that President Trump speaks to the press. <laughs> and he says, doctor said, I'm Teflon Don or something like, yeah, I'm a juggernaut. I would love to hear him say that. It would make me so happy because then they would just start. He said he was a juggernaut. It would make their heads explode. Oh my gosh. Did he just call himself Teflon Don? Um, I mean, look at what they've thrown at him. Missiles, snipers, poison, attacks by the global media. 
bio-warfare, anything you want. And he's still here. So there's nothing that can take him down. So in essence, he is Teflon Don. I would totally love him to say that. Just because then this panel will get even more upset. Uh-huh. Yeah, this photographer who who is who's wearing the mask, uh, which again, I, I think most people on your program watching your program know this. The photographer is protecting the president from him, from the photographer, but the president is the one who has the coronavirus, uh, and he's symptomatic, and and you know he has a. We know he has the coronavirus. People should be wearing masks regardless, to, because everyone has to behave like they have the disease. But he is a symptomatic carrier of a of a potentially deadly disease that is very contagious. So this is this is just reckless to, to put people in this sort of situation. And and again, we see him walk in in in, in a few minutes into the residence. There's other people around. I I, I really don't get this at all. This is, I mean, there, there is uh, stuff that is just, um, you know, pretty reckless, but at some point it's just, it's becoming absurd. So this goes back to my pink water theory from yesterday. If they know that COVID isn't as catchy and he's using it against and saying that he has it, let's pretend, let's pretend this is totally hypothetical. I would totally <laughs> make sense as to why they are so upset. They are insanely upset. They, you know, this is why he needs to just gaslight them even more. He needs to gaslight them even more so that he could say, I'm Teflon Don, or I'm a juggernaut, you know, say things like that just to mm, make them start foaming because their true faces are starting to come to surface. And the world needs to see that. Why so much insane hate? Oh, really? Secret Service Ames called you? Show us the call records. Get them on, on, on voice. That's BS. Secret Service would never betray the president. They taste his food knowing that they could die first. So mm, I'm going to have to call BS on that one. So again, it's probably that they've been using this. They've been weaponizing and they're upset that the president's like, don't let this dominate you. You don't need to have this dominate you. This is, we're going to get over this. We've got this. You know, we've got this. I got a treatment. That means that you have a treatment. And if you're sick, you can have that treatment. That's the way it goes. And if people actually saw it like that, you know, it wouldn't be so... I'm sorry. I just can't. I can't. You know, I I can't uh, think of how there are people out there that are so upset with this. Now, um, I wanted to show you something before this disappears. Uh, Section 230 will be repealed. The president had asked for it. And I'll show you why he asked for it. Let me show you. This is why. He tweeted out, flu season is coming up. Many people every year, sometimes over 100,000, and despite the vaccine, die from the flu. Are we going to close down our country? No, we have learned to live with it, just like we are learning to live with COVID. In most populations, far less lethal. Twitter put out this. This tweet violated the Twitter rules about spreading, misleading, and potentially harmful information related to COVID-19. However, Twitter has determined that it may be in the public's interest for the tweet to remain accessible. Are you kidding? (laughs) 
So the president tweeted this out. Repeal Section 230. That's what's up. And that should have been done yesterday. We didn't need this done today. We needed it done yesterday. So I'm going to um, play this clip uh, uh, that was put out on Fox about women for, no, you know what? We don't need to see it because we know most women love Trump and all of us are starting to get this geriatric type of attraction, aren't we, right? I mean, we're just like, oh, he looks so cute. (laughs) It's like, it's totally different for us women. Uh, Let's be honest. So he's got the woman vote no matter what. Uh, it's, um, It's very disheartening for us to hear these people speak of the president the way they do. And it really breaks my heart because they are standing for everything that is wrong in the United States. Biden just claimed that he's going to make Roe versus Wade the land, the law of the land is how he stated it. So what you're saying is your platform is to make law of the land for disregard for human life? That killing humans is okay? This is where we're at? It is despicable. Despicable. And, uh, you know, the fact that they're all about infanticide, elder side, you know, should alarm every single American. How do you run on a platform that proclaims murder as a basis. I don't see how that is even okay in any universe. Now let's listen to our president's message when he got back. I don't just left Walter Reed Medical Center and it's really something very special. The doctors, the nurses, the first responders, and I learned so much about coronavirus. And one thing that's for certain, don't let it dominate you. Don't be afraid of it. You're going to beat it. We have the best medical equipment. We have the best medicines, all developed recently. And you're going to beat it. I went, I didn't feel so good. And two days ago, I could have left two days ago. Two days ago, I felt great, like better than I have in a long time. I said just recently, better than 20 years ago. Don't let it dominate. Don't let it take over your lives. Don't let that happen. We have the greatest country in the world. We're going back. We're going back to work. We're going to be out front. As your leader, I had to do that. I knew there's danger to it, but I had to do it. I stood out front. I led. Nobody that's a leader would not do what I did. And I know there's a risk. There's a danger, but that's okay. And now I'm better and maybe I'm immune. I don't know. But don't let it dominate your lives. Get out there. Be careful. We have the best medicines in the world. And it all happened very shortly and they're all getting approved and the vaccines are coming momentarily. Thank you very much. And Walter Reed, what a group of people. Thank you very much. What an incredible message. Let's remember in the olden times when nations used to go to war, who used to lead the pack? Wasn't it the king with his crown at the front with his infantry charging ahead? That's the leader we want. We don't want a vagina sitting in a bunker somewhere hiding out like, oh, I don't want to be seen. I can't. Oh, I need a manicure. That's Joe Biden. Speaking of Joe Biden, 
<laughs> so I don't know if you guys had seen the video and I'm going to play it because someone actually put it in my responses here. There was a video. Um, someone put it. Where is it? I said, okay. Where they caught state representative Matt Trowbridge of Massachusetts getting caught trying to meet a 14 year old uh, off the internet. Watch this video. Hold on. And listen, for those of you that are on podcast, he's uh, at the meeting place where it was connected, where he connected with supposedly the child to meet up and hook up. And there he is waiting uh, for the child. I'm just saying. So now you're going to hear the interaction between these citizens uh, that are going after people like this. And they're filming him. They watched him. They followed him to his car. That way they had full identification. Take a listen. Yeah, he's right here. Yeah, should have known this was going to happen. Oh, dude. Yeah. God damn it. You made the wrong, wrong decision. You made the wrong, and now you want to run. I'm going to get your plates. You want to run from this now? You can call them. Thank you. That's awesome. I have all the chat logs. I have everything. Please call them. Thank you so much. Thank you for calling them on yourself. Disgusting ass, bro. <laughs> Look at him, guys. He looks shocked. Exactly. Shocked not to see a 14-year-old, right? Screen record everything. Everything. <laughs> I'm not a cop. You're not being detained. I do have some questions for you. I want to know why you were here today. And why do you think it's okay to meet a 14-year-old minor off the internet? Why do you think it's okay? You want to just sit here and not say nothing, huh? Yeah. Just know you were going to come here and destroy a kid's life. You literally came, left work. Look at him, guys, in his work. Came here to meet a kid, a 14-year-old, to worship his balls. He told him he wanted to worship his balls. Worship his balls. You're disgusting, bro. You look like you look at you. You definitely have sense. You look like you got a good job. Like, what is wrong with you, man? Everybody knows what I do in my community, man. <laughs> You're like number 70, bro. You can hide your face. I have your face. I have your pictures. I have everything. Yeah. <laughs> you're a, you're you're disgusting. Right here. A. Eight Y R. There you go. Disgusting pig. Stop meeting minors off the internet. Stop it. Stop meeting minors off the internet. Stop it. Let's go. Let's go for a job. Let's go for a job. So the reason that I wanted to show you this is because, um, there's a picture of that guy with Joe Biden with a young little girl. Looks like he's either Joe Biden's wingman or is Joe Biden his wingman, um, which is um, pretty crazy, isn't it? Because Joe Biden said something about kids again. Let me find that video. Joe Biden, I'm back. He said, I'll be back or I'm coming back or something like that. I'm going to find that video clip because it was, yeah, listen to this. This is so creepy. And this is probably Sloan, Sloan Catering uh, getting some stuff ready for him. Take a listen I'm to back. this. Good news is for me, I'm here. The bad news for you is I'm coming back. I'm coming back. 
And I want to see these beautiful young ladies. I want to see them dancing when they're four years old or two. What? He wants to see them dancing when they're four years old or two. And the bad news for you is that I'm back. Predator, we're not going to give you the case. (laughs) So here we have Joe Biden hanging out with all these creeps and saying creepy things. Not only did he say creepy things, but he said some weird stuff. Hold on. Let me see if I have that clip. Um, he said something super bizarre, uh, that you're not, you know, that he's, I think black lives matter means something completely different, uh, for, uh, for the Democrats. Take a listen to this. The reason I was able to stay sequestered in my home is because some black woman was able to stack the grocery shelf. So I guess um, sequestered in my home is because I guess uh, I retweeted Katrina Pearson, who said, if you're not stacking groceries on Joe Biden's shelf, you ain't black. That's what they think of you. (laughs) And to think and to think that that they are supposedly his base. So incredible. So, um, I, I was shocked. I'm completely shocked, but what is there more that we can say? Tell me guys, is there anything more that we can say? Let's remind ourselves of what a Biden America looks like. won't be safe in Joe Biden's America. We're going to be at the polls, right? At the polls. Okay, we're going to be at the polls, correct? So, um, I wanted to kind of uh, pounce off our little intermission song and uh, take you down for a trip down memory lane and remember uh, a weird, a weird, weird announcement the former impeached president Clinton made in response to life on Mars. And this was uh, August 7th, 1996. Hold on. Let's see. There we go. Good afternoon. I'm glad to be joined by my science and technology advisor, Dr. Jack Gibbons, to make a few comments about today's announcement by NASA. This is the product of years of exploration and months of intensive study by some of the world's most distinguished scientists. Like all discovery, this one will and should continue to be reviewed, examined, and scrutinized. It must be confirmed by other scientists. But clearly, the fact that something of this magnitude is being explored is another vindication of America's space program and our continuing support for it, even in these tough financial times. I am determined that the American space program will put its full intellectual power and technological prowess behind the search for further evidence of life on Mars. First, I have asked Administrator Golden to ensure that this finding is subject to a methodical process 
of further peer review and validation. Second, I have asked the Vice President to convene at the White House before the end of the year a bipartisan space summit on the future of America's space program. A significant purpose of this summit will be to discuss how America should pursue answers to the scientific questions raised by this finding. Third, we are committed to the aggressive plan we have put in place for, ro for robotic exploration of Mars. America's next unmanned mission to Mars is scheduled to lift off from the Kennedy Space Center in November. It will be followed by a second mission in December. I should tell you that the first mission is scheduled to land on Mars on July the 4th, 1997, Independence Day. It is well worth contemplating how we reach this moment of discovery. More than four billion years ago, this piece of rock was formed as a part of the original crust of Mars. After billions of years, it broke from the surface and began a 16 million year journey through space that would end here on Earth. It arrived in a meteor shower 13,000 years ago. And in 1984, an American scientist on an annual US government mission to search for meteors on Antarctica, picked it up and took it to be studied. Appropriately, it was the first rock to be picked up that year, rock number 84001. Today, rock 84001 speaks to us across all those billions of years and millions of miles. It speaks of the possibility of life. If this discovery is confirmed, it will surely be one of the most stunning insights into our universe that science has ever uncovered. Its implications are as far-reaching and awe-inspiring as can be imagined. Even as it promises answers to some of our oldest questions, it poses still others even more fundamental. We will continue to listen closely to what it has to say as we continue the search for answers and for knowledge that is as old as humanity itself, but essential to our people's future. Thank you. Republicans right now are going through a wrenching abortion debate. At the same time, uh, pro-choice advocates have created the Pro-Choice Public Education Project, they're calling it. They say abortion rights are under a very grave danger. Would you agree with that assessment, and what do you think of the Republicans' troubles? Well, uh, they're only under grave danger if the election uh, results in a change in the occupant of the White House. But what I think about, the, the, I'd like to just compare it with what we did in the Democratic Party. Uh, some of our pro-life members uh, asked for a conscience clause in the, uh, in the Democratic platform. And uh, I thought it was a good idea. I recommended it. The platform committee unanimously embraced it. And the Democratic Party was proud to do it. Uh, we believe this is a matter which should be left to private conscience. And we believe that people who have pro-life convictions should be respected. Uh, what you see here in the, in the Republican Party is more of the extremism that uh, we saw manifested in their budget proposals, their environmental proposals, their opposition to uh, sensible crime proposals uh, in the previous two years. And it's lamentable. Uh, it's not good for the country. And uh, I would just say that uh, in this convention season, we would welcome uh, 
thoughtful, moderate, concerned Republicans and independents uh, to join our party this year and to help keep moving America forward and bringing America together. Do you not feel the rights are under grave danger at this point? Well, <clears throat> right now we have a, a Supreme Court decision and an administration committed to the pro-choice position. Uh, and committing to doing whatever we can uh, to keep the government out of that decision, but to take initiatives that would reduce the number of abortions in America, including the, uh, the recent uh, tax credit for adoption that we strongly supported that will be part of the minimum wage bill when it comes to me for signature. Uh, so I'm determined to protect those rights and to keep the government out of it. Uh, but it is fair to say that in this election, that is one of the matters at issue. Yes, it is fair to say that. Thank you. Where'd you get that tie? It was an Olympic tie. I got it down at the Olympics. <laughs> what a doofus. So obviously the abortion discussion was great to hear, even though what we wanted to hear was that of Mars and Antarctica. Now I'm going to take you to on another time trip, a trip of a speech that you probably never heard of. Maybe. Did you know that um, Hillary Clinton? I don't know. How should I do this? What do I give you first? I think I'll give you Hillary Clinton. Did you know that it was Hillary Clinton that decided that there should be no tourism or travel to Antarctica? I just thought I'd let you know that. And maybe we should watch it so you can hear it as well uh, from her own mouth. Here we go. When the cruise ship, the MS Explorer, struck an iceberg in Antarctic waters 15 months ago, everybody was rescued. Nearly 155 passengers and crew members were evacuated. However, international concern involves more than the possible human toll. The reality of tourist ships sinking in ecologically fragile waters caught international attention at a U.S. State Department conference on Antarctica. Secretary of State Hillary Clinton calls for tighter regulation of tourism in Antarctica. Strengthening environmental regulation is especially important as tourism to the Antarctica increases. Delegates from 47 countries are reviewing the now 50-year-old Antarctic Treaty, which preserved the land and ice shelves of the region for peaceful purposes. Clinton said the treaty is relevant today. So the treaty is a blueprint for the kind of international cooperation that will be needed more and more to address the challenges of the 21st century. These seals and other polar region inhabitants are among the concerns of the conference delegates. Clinton says polar animals are endangered. They're critical food and water sources jeopardized by the effects of global warming. The changes underway in the Arctic will have long-term impacts on our economic future, our energy future, and indeed, again, the future of our planet. So it is crucial that we work together. Clinton outlined a U.S. proposal to restrict the number of passengers allowed ashore from tour ships in the Antarctic. The chair of the conference is Norwegian Foreign Minister Jonas Storr from the Northern Hemisphere's Arctic Council. He said all countries should be concerned with protecting both polar regions from the effects of global warming. The ice is melting, as we know, not only on the, in the polar regions, but also in most other ice-covered areas of the world affecting e ecosystems. 
It is also happening in the Himalayas, the Andes, and even in the, on the Kilimanjaro. Store said the melting ice could lead to flooding and drought around the world. In his words, a very gloomy picture. Catherine Cannon, VOA News, Washington. Interesting. Well, so when I spoke about Antarctica last year, around this time, uh, no, it was, I think it was like um, November time. I was doing it because I found something super curious. And because I've been working on something since um, July 23rd, 2019. So like I've said, I've got a huge Epstein file and I follow his little Lolita and everything. And there are things you don't know of and they're <laughs> way stranger than fiction. But uh, how am I going to put this better? So I think I mentioned the other day. Uh, it was months ago. It was during uh, the first wave of um, of this infodemic, where my I was in a car, either a Lyft or an Uber, and I met a guy that was part of Operation Deep Freeze in 1982, 1983, and that was interesting. You see how how things work, right? How things are so bizarre. But uh, a thing that a lot of people don't know about uh, is um, a really, really um, small nation that not a lot of people even know exists. It's called Suriname. Suriname. Do you know where Suriname is? It's in South America. And it's uh, what I like to call the, well, it's in the north. It's between uh, French Guyana and Guyana, right? Uh, north of Brazil. And they're very active part in um, contracting. So I'm going to show you something now. And I'll describe it to those that are listening. So there's a company named Improser. And they are a security, private security company. Um, their logo is a bunch of lions holding up a security badge. And um, it says Innovative Protective Services, IPS. IPS. And on their website, um, which is improsernv.com, uh, this is the Netherlands homepage, actually, uh, has, uh, even though they're located in that little, little, little nation, they're from that little, little nation, shows them holding guns and how they're trained and how they do all these services. And their customers are airport management, Brazil, uh, you know, Venezuela, the Ramadas. <laughs> And, but they are missing something key here. And that key is what I'm about to show you that you probably missed. It's a report, actually. Uh, where is it? From the Today Show. Last year, December. Okay. Um, take a listen to it. 
in the skies off Chile after a military transport plane carrying 38 people disappeared overnight while headed from Chile to Antarctica. The aircraft now presumed to have crashed. Officials say the Chilean Air Force plane, a C-130 Hercules similar to this one, was flying to a base in Antarctica, transferring personnel to inspect a floating fuel supply pipeline. The aircraft taking off shortly before 5 p.m. from the southern city of Punta Arenas, more than 1,800 miles from the capital of Santiago, losing contact at 6.13 p.m. and the ocean between the tip of South America and Antarctica. In a statement early Tuesday, the Chilean Air Force said the plane had not been heard from in more than seven hours and likely would have run out of fuel around 1240 a.m. A spokesman telling local media a search was underway and a rescue ship was in the general area where the plane should have been when contact was lost. We were talking with the vessel commander via satellite phone and he said that there were big waves, hard to sail. 17 crew members and 21 other passengers were on board on their way to perform logistical support tasks, such as repairing the floating oil pipeline that provides fuel for the base. This morning, as the search continues, the mystery grows about a plane that seems to have vanished from the sky. Tom, anytime something like this happens, one of the first questions is, what was the weather like? So what do we know about the weather conditions uh, when this plane went, went missing? Yeah, the Chilean military says the weather was good at the time. Search coordinators believe uh, this plane was a little more than halfway through its 770-mile journey when it disappeared. And by the way, you know, the C-130 is a four-engine workhorse of the military in the U.S. and around the world. It's been used since 1956. As anybody in the military knows, it transports troops and equipment and cargo. Pretty good safety record overall. So... Um, I wanted to share that with you as we delve into just uh, just an introduction, not much, because this is going to be coming uh, to the surface soon. Um, I wanted to, um, there's this channel that I like. Is this the one? I'm trying to find it. Um, there's this channel. Uh, it's called uh, Periscope um, Film. And I like his footage, and I thought I would share some of the footage uh, with you. But what I wanted to tell you about this aircraft. So this aircraft disappeared, but apparently, listen, listen. <laughs> Remember that unscathed passport that flew out of the hijacker's pocket in the airplane when windows are supposedly closed through the burning debris and all the way down unscathed? Well, they found debris with the identification of the plane in the water. Now, I want you to know that there were no survivors. They supposedly didn't find any of them. And um, in people that were at that, um, uh, in that plane, in that um, cargo plane, uh, were a mix of persons. Uh, it was um, quite an interesting mix. Uh, there were uh, three Chilean soldiers Two were civilians that were engineers um, and worked for the construction firm uh, that uh, deals with the floating um, um, fuel. See, basically, because we have a lot of bases that do research there, uh, they need fuel and power to keep warm. Now, I know a lot of people tell you that it's, oh, it's so super cold in Antarctica. But it's like nine degrees, negative uh, nine degrees Celsius, negative 10, negative 20. And on really bad days, maybe negative 40, right? 
But I'm going to tell you, I, it was like last winter or the winter before that. No, it was last winter. It was like colder on Mars. It was colder in North Dakota than it was on Mars. I think North Dakota is way colder than Antarctica. But there were university students, uh, civil engineers, um, members of the Air Force, undetermined of what nation, okay, and um, people from this in Prozer firm, security, guerrilla security. So those were the people that were on the plane that all disappeared uh, in good weather, about 30 kilometers out to their destination, to their destination. So uh, that is what has come of that. That story was done, dusted. Nobody wanted to kind of... Um, Talk about it after that. It's done. Uh, no Americans. Well, none stated. And so that was it. So this guy here obtains um, footage. Um, he has a Patreon and uh, it's periscopefilm.com. I don't know the person, uh, but I want you to watch this. Just all this footage. It's, it's pretty interesting. And the answer riddle of whether Antarctica is a continent or two great islands separated by a channel beneath the polar ice cap. Deep in this bitter vortex of wind and snow may be found the secret of weather. The Antarctic has been invaded by adventurous men several times. The land, when a little band of scientists and Navy men literally carved their own community out of ice and snow. Little America. Under the guidance of Rear Admiral Richard E. Byrd, their organizer and chief, the group lived for a year and a half, defying the incredible cold of the long winter, and the temperature sometimes dropped to 70 degrees below zero. And even the Arctic refugees were snowbound. Safe in the haven they had built, the men defeated boredom by preparing for the milder weather of the Antarctic spring. Went to work trying out new equipment, making scientific tests of the ice shell, unearthing the Antarctic secrets by plane and sled, boldly challenging the unknown. Like Bird, who in 1935 lived a dangerous solitary life completely isolated near the South Pole for four and a half months. It was these pioneers, with their now outdated equipment, the obsolete planes, and old-fashioned whaling vessels, who blazed the way for Operation High Jump, the great expedition of 1946-47. Admiral Bird was officer in charge of the project, while another polar veteran commanded Task Force 68, Rear Admiral Richard H. Prusen. Under their command was an impressive armada of 13 ships, manned by 4,000 men, generously equipped with a variety of planes, ranging in size from great amphibian mariners to nimble bee-like helicopters, all specially prepared for cold-weather flight. The Navy's mission was not only to explore, but also to train men and test ships and equipment in cold weather operations. There was radar to scan the icebergs, 
and racks of miraculous trimetragon cameras. When plane-borne, they would shoot the barren ice deserts from horizon to horizon. And there were dogs and sleds. For under extreme weather conditions, the oldest means of Antarctic transportation was still the most dependable. So selected Huskies were sent to special kennels in New Hampshire for training. While craftsmen kept their fingers nimble for rigging sleds. It was only after exhaustiveness their final up and gave the signal to go. And ventilators still thrust above the snow, lonely guardians of the base. It's more difficult to locate an entrance. That elaborate detecting device, an old-fashioned shuffle, is brought into play, and a way in is soon found. Marine Captain Vernon D. Boyd, a veteran of the last expedition, makes the first entry. The only man in the world to imitate Santa Claus in a chimney that's underground. Well, maybe it's below ground because this is the south and not the north pole. It is six years since a living thing has moved through that passage. When Captain Boyd disappears, the exploring party waits tensely for a sign from below. There it is, the signal that the main entrance has been discovered. Captain Boyd reappears to announce that the Antarctic's deep freezing has preserved everything perfectly. But the old camp is left untouched. Task Force 68 unloads its own supplies, faced by the Navy's tireless sea beams. Dog teams pitch in to do their bit into the Bay of and comes knocking at the door of Little America. Its unwilling hosts quickly slip their moorings and give their visitor a wide berth. 1,000 miles away, the Eastern group has an adventure when Captain Dufek, its commander, while crossing on a line between the USS Brownson and Pine Island, is suddenly pitched into the icy sea, where death by exposure can come in a matter of minutes. A motor whaler daringly fishes him out in a brilliant piece of seamanship. It is not an instant too soon. A little while longer in those terrifyingly icy waters, and Captain Dufek would have been beyond recovery. The great task of sending the mapping planes aloft goes on despite all mishaps. It was on such a mission, the expedition's air tragedy occurred. The crash of a mariner and death of three of its crew. Whatever the weather allowed, the great birds rose up into the brilliant sky of the midnight sun, soaring over empires of ice, fantastic continents of clouds, as they foraged for aerial pictures, bringing back a treasure rarer than precious metal in their aerial cameras. The work went swiftly, with only a little time to play on skis. Or have another round of that endless filibuster with those gentlemen from the deep, deep south. The brief Antarctic summer was drawing to a close. Preparations were hurriedly made for departure. Otherwise, the rapidly forming winter ice would trap the... ...discovered Lando Lakes, a fantastic snow-free oasis in the ice desert. 
As Task Force 68 slowly made its hazardous way homeward, it knew that its job had been well done, that men and equipment had come through at high operating efficiency, that the frontiers of the unknown had been pushed back a bit more, and man had advanced another tiny step in his everlasting struggle to conquer nature. I really like those dun 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 in the closings. I'm maybe I'm just a cheese ball, but uh, the reason that I wanted you to hear it was that there's rare earth minerals, that there's a lot of minerals, lots of gold, lots of silver, lots of oil. But more importantly, uh, something that people don't know is that um, in Antarctica, there's actually a Rothschilds Island. Did you know that? Yeah, there is. And uh, what's super weird is that, you know, nobody talks about it. And nobody talks about, you know, that it's, you know, at the tip where that plane was going. It's by uh, the Desco Mountains uh, to the north entrance of what they call the Wilkins Sound. And um, what's more interesting is, like I said, on the 23rd of July, 2019, and like I said, I have a huge Epstein file. Something really bizarre happened. Um, his jet, November 120 JE, uh, which you have to go through archives to find because it was deleted, actually was seen to go there. And one would think, well, hold on a second. How did he get there? He'd have to refuel. It's not like it can get there. Can it go there? They tell us that the harsh weather... So I just wanted to say on his first attempt of his alleged suicide, I'm just going to leave it at that. It's really interesting, very bizarre how he just appeared. Um, his uh, plane appeared in Antarctica uh, while it was um, actually located at an airport, a very weird out there airport um, that is flanked by a research facility in Missouri. And I was just like, all right, so I've been following this for a while, specifically this American research facility uh, that works in reflective coatings, coatings, and even uh, nanotubules. Uh, it's a pretty interesting one and it's out in the middle of nowhere that flanks an airport. And that is where Epstein's jet was. And then next thing you know, it's like, whoop, it's in Antarctica. And you're just like, wait a minute. Why is this radar stuff saying that his call sign is in Antarctica? So that was really bizarre. I just thought I'd bring it up. Because uh, it may be a glitch, maybe nothing, maybe, you know, that the flight tracking system lost its marbles and just happened that he was at this really weird airport that has a lot of underground structures flanked directly with a, um, uh, a laboratory uh, that is in the middle of nowhere. And I'm just, uh, just saying. So I thought I'd bring that to your attention, um, you know, for the times to come forward. And this isn't now we're talking, you know, 2021 ish, but it's just really, you know, weird. I mean, and you know, what's really weird. You want to know what the name of the town is where this airport is in Missouri. 
you, you ready for this? You know what? Actually, for those of you that are in chat, I want you to think of anything Epstein related that a town could be named. And I'm looking at all the chats now where his, you know, little jet could have been just any, whatever city or name of a city or a town you might think of. I want you to, no, not Lolita, something more Epstein-ish. Yes, there we go. That's it. It's actually in St. James, Missouri. So weird. So weird, isn't it? At St. James, Missouri. So maybe you want to go look at Rolla National Airport and the lab that flanks it and tell me how his plane was in St. James at Rolla National Airport. Uh, you know, and then just super glitch. It's like, whoop, I'm here in St. James, Missouri. And then it's like, whoop, I'm right here. Rothschild Island. Okay. So it was just really bizarre. And I thought I would um, just state it. Uh, it's just, you know, one of those things. It's just like, oh, okay. I'm just saying. Uh, because it's going to play a role. You know, a lot of people don't seem to understand that, you know, we're, we're out there talking about Mars, right? Talking about space, right? But yet we have undiscovered territories within our nation. Um, and did I say that out loud? Oops. Within our area of Earth. And so why explore outside when you haven't done your own backyard yet? So I thought that would be interesting. I don't know if I have any um, Ozarks um, that are listening, but if you're near the area, I mean, you may want to go take a look. It's uh, kind of bizarre. Hence why today in uh, our Telegram chat, I was posting pictures uh, because I was putting together like my my file and I was actually pasting them over. Uh, and these are older pictures. Um, but I was showing, uh, you know, the group, hey, what do you think of this? This is really bizarre, isn't it? Just to get more eyes because I may already know, but I just want to see it from eyes that don't. Um because that uh, helps you deliver the information. Uh, because when you deliver information, kind of like math, and you don't know where someone is mathematically, you know, you could just say things that's way over their head. So I thought it would be interesting to just, um, you know, make that mention and uh, introduce you to the idea that we have, uh, you know, some weird incident instant instances uh, that have occurred and um, a lot of things we don't know about and um, that it may be coming into our perspective very soon. Uh, so just kind of saying it's pretty interesting. So, so let's shift gears now that I've took you down that rabbit hole uh, to talk about the Supreme Court hearing uh, right after this short President Trump amazing advertisement. Um, it is actually uh, one of my favorites. Uh, so take a listen. I am here as your president to proclaim before the country and before the world this monument will never be desecrated. These heroes will never be defaced. 
Their legacy will never, ever be destroyed. Their achievements will never be forgotten. And Mount Rushmore will stand forever as an eternal tribute to our forefathers and to our freedom. We are the nation that gave rise to the Wright brothers, Harriet Tubman, George Patton, the great Louis Armstrong, Elvis Presley, Ella Fitzgerald. We settled the Wild West, won two world wars, landed American astronauts on the moon. Centuries from now, our legacy will be the cities we built, the champions we forged, the good that we did, and the monuments we created. America's destiny is in our sights. America's heroes are embedded in our hearts. America's future is in our hands. And ladies and gentlemen, the best is yet to come. It is. The best is yet to come. And it's coming soon to all of us. I so want to talk about it, but I'm keeping my mouth shut. Okay, guys, because it's not time yet. And I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked. And I know oh, you just sent us down a rabbit hole with no carrots. I'm just going to leave it at that because it's not time yet. There's always a time for everything. So, um, I just wanted to leave it there for now. Gosh, you're making me smile. So let's just move on, shifting gears. Let's get to how they want to postpone the Supreme Court hearing. This is this is quite telling of what Lindsey Graham is at fault of because it's Lindsey Graham talking about it. Take a listen because he's telling him what to do. The U.S. Supreme Court has reinstated a requirement in South Carolina that absentee voters provide a witness signature along with their ballot. Here with reaction, Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Lindsey Graham. Senator Mitch McConnell is clear. You have been clear. October 12th, the hearings begin, which would lead us to a final vote um, at, by the end of October. Am I mistaken on that timeline? Uh, No, uh, I want you to understand we're going to start the hearings October the 12th, a week from today, safely. If members feel uncomfortable participating in the hearing in person, they can do it virtually. We've done that a bunch this year already in the Judiciary Committee. Judge Barrett will be there in person. I will be there in person. We'll set the room up for social distancing. We're going to move on. And as to Senator Schumer, if you can't see through this, Sean, you're just not looking very hard. I don't remember Senator Schumer asking the protesters to be uh, tested before they came to my house and broke out my window. I don't remember any Democrat worried about testing during the riots. So this is an effort to deflect and delay. It will not work. She will be confirmed this year. We start on the 12th. She gets reported out of the committee on October the 22nd. Democrats will have plenty of time to ask her hard, relevant questions. If they try to destroy her, it will blow up in her in their face like it did with Kavanaugh. I'm excited about the hearings. I want every American to see Amy Barrett and how qualified she is. So around October 26, is that about a safe date to look for a final final vote on in the Senate on this? Well, that's up to Senator McConnell, but it'd be on the floor October the 22nd. And Democrats are trying to destroy her already using her religion. Uh, The Democratic Party is trying to take back the House, the Senate, 
beat President uh, Trump. Uh, they're having an insane amount of money from this Act Blue site, raised over $300 million since Justice Ginsburg passed. My opponent in South Carolina, of all places, will raise $100 million. So if you're out there and you want to close the gap, go to lindsaydram.com to help me because I'm going to be fighting for Judge Barrett. I'm going to be standing up for conservative judges, and I'm going to help President Trump get this nominee through and on the court. It will be a tremendous accomplishment for President Trump in our country to have Amy Barrett on the Supreme Court. It's going to happen. I thought you did very well in your debate over the weekend. Uh I didn't. I think you're just giving them what they need so that they can stymie this. And I'm really pissed. So he said October 22nd, it's going to be on the floor. Great. While we have a hot mess on our hands between the 15th and the 17th, we're going to have that on the floor. In the meantime, though, I wanted to say Oliver should be asking a question. Why is Senator Harris Kamala in Utah? Like, what is she doing in Utah for a week and then some before her debate with the VP? Do you know what's in Utah? Do you guys know what center we have in Utah? We have a center that is leading in biowarfare there. It, it really upsets me, obviously, if she enters any of those facilities or anything like that, um, you know, we'll know. But the question is, why is she there? In Utah, out of all places, why is Kamala in Utah hanging out for a week? Like, hello, it's not even stomping grounds. Why are you in Utah? I mean, we all know the Mormons and their connections with cartels and all that stuff and the DEA and ATF. The, you know, I, some of you may not. I'm just giving you kind of a cliff notes right here. We know, you know, to have their ca compounds and stuff. But the question is, why is she there? It's not even that big of a state to win. It's always red. No matter what they do, it's going to be red, period. Uh, um, so what is she doing there? is the question you should be asking. I mean, I'm terrified as to think what she could be doing there. And it may have something to do with this. China is going to eat our lunch. Come on, man. We want to see China rise. It is in our self-interest that China continue to prosper. They're not bad folks, folks. But guess what? They're not a they're, they're not they're competition for us. A rising China can be a significant asset for the region of the world and selfishly for the United States. We want China to grow. What are we what are we worried about? Well, what we should be worried about is if you remember, it was in Utah that the UN had declared mobile sovereignty and it was upheld. And so that is of a concern for all of us, considering any orchestration that may be underway there. And obviously, if we're talking about it, other people know about it, too. I'm not going to sit here and talk about stuff that we shouldn't be talking about. That's why I can't talk about some things, but I'll give you just enough to go find enough. I'm waiting for more things to be public before I can say more on, you know, the rabbit hole I just sent you down. So this is not a rabbit hole that I'm sending you down. This is, she said it herself. What is she doing in Utah all this time? This is a concern. And this couples with the fact that um, I received notifications from people in North Dakota 
that uh, Governor Burgum was actually on the west side of North Dakota talking about the schools there. This is really freaky, guys. Okay, listen. And they were talking about um, with the school councils there. They were talking about funding certain districts that didn't have enough kids. They were overwhelming one high school. They need to build another one. They didn't have enough money. So what he uh, recommended was that um, some districts join together and become one school district that are far and apart. And the, you know, parents and the councils kind of said, all right, well, how does that make sense? He's like, oh, because the Canadians need us to have that set up for them. And it's like, was that a Freudian slip? Like people ask for clarification. And remember, I told you, if ever the UN comes down, if ever there is a global order that comes down in order to set, it will be coming from that state. I've said that. And that's because of the access that they have through the abundance of land that the Native American reservations have with their little treaties with the UN. So this is a concern, okay? Uh, coupled with that fact and her being there, you know, I mean, why would the state of North Dakota make decisions on their school districts and building schools to help Canada when they're not even that close to Canada? This is Williston, right? Uh, you know, oil boom town um, out West. So the question everyone should say is what do the Canadians have to do with North Dakota? I'm confused. And so this is where you see the thread and everyone must start to pull on it to unravel it and figure out what they're really talking about. You know, the Canadians were just caught give having their weapons found in war zones that they shouldn't be like, I don't know, Armenia, for example, and they never sold any weapons to Azerbaijan, but they sold weapons to Turkey and Turkey has been attacking the Armenians that they are guilty of genocide to. So I'm just saying the Canadians are spinning something that isn't too nice right now. Um, and, I thought today's show can end with Steve Bannon, who I like, and I'm glad that Maria Bartiromo has him on because, you know, everyone jumped ship on Steve Bannon and called him all the names in the book, right, from everything. But obviously, like I said, righteous people can get mud on them, but that mud will wash right off with a little bit of truth and light. Chief strategist Steve Bannon pleading not guilty in an alleged scheme to defraud donors in a $25 million fundraiser to build President Trump's border wall. Bannon was accused back in August of taking more than $1 million from the nonprofit to pay his personal expenses. Three other men were also charged. Joining me right now is Steve Bannon. Steve, it is great to see you this morning. These charges happened since the last time I spoke with you. What is your response? Complete total nonsense. My C4 had a $1 million contract to provide services. This is the administrative state trying to stop me from working uh, with, for President Trump on his reelection. And it's an abject failure. The law of unintended consequences. I've got a bigger platform, more access to resources and I'm more engaged in President Trump's reelection than ever. I'm leading a national tour about the plot to steal 2020 that the Democrats, since they've had mass hysteria, mass hysteria with their voters, no Democrats want to go to the polls to vote. They want to steal this from President Trump starting on the evening of November 3rd after he has a massive game day victory. So, no, 
totally innocent, complete joke. That'll all be shown later. That That's for another day when we go to court and blow this thing out. Right now, this is all about reelecting President Trump. If we don't reelect President Trump, this country is going to be in a deep uh, dive. So let's talk about that. The president speaking directly to the American people last night, just hours after being released from Walter Reed Medical Center. Here's the president last night. Take a listen. Don't let it dominate. Don't let it take over your lives. We have the greatest country in the world. As your leader, I had to do that. I knew there's danger to it, but I had to do it. So he is now under the watch of top doctors at the White House. He continues treatment, Steve, but his critics are going mad that he left the hospital so quickly. What does this mean for the campaign? Talk to us about what your reaction is to all of this happening in the last 24 hours. Look, we're on the set right now of War Room Pandemics. You know, Maria, I started covering this months before the mainstream media did. They were laughing and heckling me because I know the Chinese Communist Party and I know China. This came from the Chinese Communist Party. What you're seeing from the Democrats over the last 24, 48 hours is the same hysteria that has forced their voters not to want to go vote. It's the exact it's a linkage between Biden's campaign, the hysteria and the mainstream media. President Trump is offering up leadership. Hey, the, the, the virus is a fact. There's no doubt about that. But you've got to work through that with rational decision making at the on the debate. President Trump was talking about second and third order magnitude impact of this uh, of the virus and what we have to do as a country to have, you know, selected targeted interventions to look at comorbidities to open up the country in New York City. Look at the disaster that de Blasio and Cuomo, Democratic uh, uh, governors and mayors have made of the greatest city on Earth. What Biden wants to do is go down the basement. OK, and just hide. That's an addication of leadership. That's 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 playing into the hysteria. What Trump offers is leadership. He's got the CCP virus and he's powering through it. And I think he's showing the country real leadership. This is to me, if the Democrats think they're going to win on COVID, I get another thing. When President Trump goes out and makes this compelling case that he's making right now that he's got the disease and he's powering through it like the country has to power through it and making. Remember, these decisions are very tough. You got to mitigate the risk. You got to make tough decisions. That's what President Trump is showing. It's called leadership. Joe Biden is just buying into the hysteria. Oh, let the scientists make the decisions. It's not that simple. The scientists are advisors about data and information that you then make decisions off of. I think right now, President Trump, I, I look at last weekend as like almost the Billy Bush weekend. Now he can step up and power through this thing, get focused. He's the best closer ever. Let's compare and contrast the leadership of uh, President Trump and the, really the buying into the hysteria that Joe Biden has. But, Steve, you heard the last segment, right? They're going to cheat already. His critics are out demanding that he cover up, wear a mask, get back inside, get back to the hospital. They are angry that he's back at the White House and he is seems to be beating this covid situation and uh, the ballot, the ballots. I mean, you know, I don't know if this administration has the number of lawyers that Biden does, but you heard Hillary Clinton. She says Joe Biden should contest this election, whatever it takes. No, no, Maria, she said, don't concede under any circumstance. Look, this is what I've been working on. I was never That's going right. back to the campaign. Bill Stepien, uh, Jason Miller, Mayor Giuliani, you got a great team over there, Steve Cortez on, on the campaign. I was always for the last couple of months leading this effort, understanding they couldn't win on game day. They cannot win on game day. They've got to try to steal it starting the evening of November 3rd. President Trump's going to have a massive victory that evening. They're going to have a combination of lawyers, 
uh, media and social media, the oligarchs in, in Silicon Valley, and also the street muscle of Antifa and certain elements of Black Lives Matter. That's why I'm doing this national tour to alert people. Remember, you said in the last second, 600, they've got 800 lawyers. They're already in with, with hundreds of lawsuits. This is why we need to confirm the ninth justice for the Supreme Court. Cases are already going to the Supreme Court. We need nine justices. We need Judge Barrett right away to get on top of this. But I got to tell you, the uh, President Trump's group, the outside groups are organized. We're not going to allow the hysteria, hysteria of the Democratic Party to steal the game day victory from President Trump. This is going to be a fight like no other. But President Trump is going to prevail. All right. So let me tell you something. If I was a general, <laughs> I'd tell you some really good war strategies. I mean, I I, I haven't played real life in a while uh, doing this, uh, but you know, I totally used COVID to hide all my people and get them together to talk outside of the prying eyes. So I would probably get everybody infected in my White House that was important to me so they can be secluded and debriefed on what's happening, where we're going, what we're doing, who and what is coming. And today of all days, because I know stuff is coming out on Brennan tomorrow, maybe tonight, um, I am going to see, I would then get my Joint Chiefs of Staff. I'd get my military in a bunker because they're sick. And that's what I would do. I would get them all together because they're sick and they can't be with people and they have their own non-attribution connections so they can chit, 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 chit. And there we go. Like I said, it may seem really scary from the outside, but you are on the inside because we're in control. We, the people are in control. And, uh, you know, we saw that with the failure of the Pope. I think I tweeted it out or did I think I tweeted it out this morning about how the Pope was praying uh, with um, the Mufti leader. Uh, he's really upset under one religion. Uh, he's upset. Pompeo totally knocked that for him. He is so, so upset. But I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. Right now, as we said it right here on the Tory Says Show, months ago and just a couple weeks ago as a refresher, we were going to have a lot of changes in the East from Pakistan all the way up to, uh, our, uh, you know, the water where, you know, Azerbaijan, ah, Azerbaijan, uh. Okay, so China has gone full speed ahead. We've got uh, Kyrgyzstan overthrowing their government. We have so much going on in one go. It's insane. There are lines being redrawn and China is trying to weaken the nations of their border, trying to empower their own infiltrators because we've been infiltrated if you haven't figured that out on all levels i mean didn't we see those memes with you know the basketball player kind of bent over with winnie the pooh that's exactly what's up china 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 universal china 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 hollywood china 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 and hey i told you on my new year's eve episode the biggest thing, and that was last year, not 2020, 2019. AI in China were the biggest threats. Told you that 2019 New Year's episode. So it's right there for you. So you can see it. And um, 
I, uh, I did, uh, someone, I think in the chat dropped it. There we go. Pope Francis prays alongside, uh, uh, Grand Mufti in Istanbul's blue mosque. This is the knife that he has put, you know, in, in, in all fairness, wisdom, we say comes with age. That's what we say. I guess that's why we call them wisdom teeth. When you grow older, you get teeth that may or may not come in correctly and you may or may not have to get them surgically removed. But wisdom comes with being able to see things objectively and being able to stand back and pushing uh, yourself to the moon and look down. And like I said, the day is going to come where we are going to hear the president. It's going to be scary. My fellow Americans, I would like to tell you, I mean, it's 28 days. This is the countdown. And they are holding nothing back. You think the cheating and stealing of the ballots is a thing? You have seen that they are willing to kill our soldiers from years ago in order to line their pockets. The one thing that I must do is save my generals that I have and I trust for this operation. I need to seclude everyone's getting sick. Do you see why they're upset? Every, if I was in charge, that is what I would be doing. I would be, everybody has COVID. This is really bad, but don't worry about it. We got a cure. You're good. But we're sick and the cure is going to come once everyone has been debriefed. Like I said, I saw the president. He was out of breath going up the stairs, kind of charged up there, needed to look fit. Uh, the way he was breathing in and out is so familiar to me with my fat ass. When I'm out of breath running or going anywhere, I do that whole sucking in through the mouth, breathe out through the nose. Don't look like you're out of breath. Oh, Right. But he also had this overwhelming posture that reminded me of the posture that I've seen in those, you know, nanofilms of Eisenhower when he was missing for his dentist appointment. I believe that now we're going to see everything play. I told you that he's going to let us see what our vote really does. And how responsible we have to be. So now he is secluding the people that are important to him in order to ensure that they are safely debriefed, safely communicate. Outside of these prying eyes of these top brass clowns. <laughs> More to come on that. So with that, I want to leave you with the notion and the understanding that there is nothing that can stop what's coming. There is nothing they can do to cause us harm. Nothing. All you have to do is stay true to your North Star, your own North Star. Listen, digest, re rebuke, or accept. That's up to you. It's going to be fun, and this is why it's important that we laugh at their insanity. If you can see the humor in their response, then you're all good. So don't let them get you down and don't let them make you feel like you are losing or that, you know, they're in control. They have lost control for a very long time. 
This is their last, you know, breath, you know, their, their last push, their last push. Because as you'll see, the best is yet to come. And I've said in 2021, end of February, 21st, 23rd, that's where it's going to be like, we're going to have a, I told you so show where it's going to be like, see, I told you because I've never wanted to set the world on fire literally, but I wanted to spark something within every person that I can reach, which is I'm reminding you that you're in control. Nobody has any power over you. Now, some housekeeping before we go. Christmas is coming. So for those of you that are in my subscribe store, I do have a Patreon too. Um, uh, so I'll post it there too. And in the Tori Says chat group on Telegram, I'm going to post you um, my address. So I, I like to send Christmas cards and things. So I'll put it there and I want you guys to send me a postcard. And what I'll do is I'll respond back and I'll give you the stamp. So you don't have to be out of stamp. Um, and, um, cause I want to send you guys, um, a Christmas card. So whoever sends me a postcard gets a Christmas card too. Um, so that way I have your address and you don't have to like send it over social media or anything. It could be snail mail. I think those are the most exciting things when we get things unexpectedly, uh, you know, in our mailbox. I've had some people, uh, reach out to me. Guys, some people have sent me some books. I got an amazing picture. Um, and it's like Christmas. So I, I know it's like Christmas already. And it's like, girl, November 1st, midnight, I've got a wreath on my door and the decorations are already out probably in the living room, like on Halloween so that I can put them on. And you know what? Now that I live in an apartment, I'm probably going to start decorating way early and I play Christmas music 24 seven. So I'll find a lot of covers, uh, so we can have totally joyous music throughout the season. So, um, I just wanted to say, I'd really like to do that with you guys. Uh, so, um, I'll, I'll put that out there. Um, you know, cause I think it's something cool we should all be doing. It's kind of like uh, one of those book club things that friends do, but in this case, it'll be giving each other very nice wishes. So on that note, I want to remind you whatever's coming up today and tomorrow, it's already been planned. It's all good. They can't stop what's coming. And that's what terrifies them the most, that they can't. And they know it. So <laughs> that's the best part. God bless everyone. Leave me, I don't want to set the world on fire. I just want to start a flame.